Welcome to Marginalia's Daily Readings and Prayers podcast. This podcast is designed to come alongside you in your daily Bible reading and prayer, and to help you stay connected with the life and teaching of New City while we are unable to get together in person. You'll want to follow along each day by reading before listening, if possible. You can always find our readings and short prayer at www.newcitycincy.org/social. Today is Monday, April thirteenth. It's the day in history when Handel's famous oratorio Messiah made its debut in Dublin in 1742. These days, we often perform it around Advent, but it's originally intended for the Easter season. And I could hear Pastor Mike just say "nerd" right now. Anyhow. My name is Ryan Zhang, one of the pastors at New City. Happy Easter Monday, everyone! Our scripture readings are Psalm two, a Messianic psalm; Exodus twelve, fourteen to twenty-seven, the first Passover; First Corinthians fifteen, one to eleven, Paul's earliest reflection on the resurrection; and Mark sixteen, one to eight, which will be our focus today. But before I go into the text, I just want to say a few quick things about the ending of Mark's gospel. You may see in your Bible a note that says some of the earliest manuscripts of this gospel, Mark's writing ended at verse eight. Now we don't have Mark's original writing anymore; we don't have his original copy. But instead, we rely on some of the earliest copies of Mark's gospel for authenticity. And in many of these earliest manuscripts. Mark's gospel ended with the woman fleeing the tomb in fear and astonishment. There's no mention of Jesus appearing to his disciples, no great commissions, no ascension, like the other three gospels. And because of that, some scholars think that the verses nine to twenty were added later on to finish Mark's gospel to kind of round it out, like all the other gospels. Now it doesn't mean that you should just skip over tomorrow's reading in verses nine to twenty. They do provide a more organized ending to Mark's gospel, but a strong argument could be made that Mark intentionally ended his gospel at verse eight. Now, why is that important? Why am I spending time to talk about this? Because if Mark did intend to end his gospel abruptly at verse eight, maybe he is communicating something important to us. So let's look at it a bit closely. Now you may remember how Charles Dickens begins his Christmas classic, *The Christmas Carol*. He says, "Jacob Marley is dead. There's no doubt about it." And as I often tell people when they look at the ending of Mark, it's really important to pay attention to the minor details and the minor figures. Because leading up all the way to Mark 16, all the minor details. Point out to us that Jesus is really dead. There's no doubt about it. The multiple characters in the stories, both Gentiles and Jews, testifies to the death of Jesus. And but surprisingly, all the major characters of the gospel—Peter, James, John, and other disciples—are nowhere to be found. Where are they? We don't know. And also, look at the time markers in Mark's story. It says in chapter 15, the previous chapter, at the sixth hour of Jesus' crucifixion, there was darkness over the whole land for three hours. Then the next time marker, we see that it's when evening had come; it was getting dark. People were preparing for Sabbath. Then Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus' body, placed him in the tomb, and rolled a stone against the entrance. All these minor details 
paint a picture of darkness looming over the whole story. But then, chapter sixteen, verse two, and very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, this is the first time light was mentioned since Jesus' death. The sun is rising over the darkness because the sun of God has risen. And we see the woman going to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body, and instead, they were met by an angel telling them that Jesus has risen; he is not here. And the angel tells them, "But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him." And the woman fled the tomb in fear. And that's how the gospel ends. Now, some people believe that this abrupt ending is meant to shock us. To kind of say the woman heard this news and fled in fear. What are you going to do about it? You know, how are you going to respond to it? But I believe there's a deeper meaning here, and it's not just an invitation for us to respond. It's a description of a new reality. That Jesus is risen. The grave cannot contain him. He is not here, and he is out there, searching for his disciples. And that's exactly what happens. We learn from the other gospels that Jesus meets Mary Magdalene. And then he meets the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. He appears to the other disciples. He finds Paul on the road to Damascus, and he is searching for you. And as one commentator says, "Thanks be to God, the transformation of the world by the gospel does not depend on our reaction to the gospel, but rather on the news that Jesus is alive and He is out there, changing the world through His power." You may have messed up your response to the gospel. You may have run away from the faith. You may have denied Jesus three times, but do not be discouraged. Jesus is alive and is out there. He will meet you where you are. And even as we are sheltering at home, Jesus will meet us where we are. And our goal of this podcast is to foster community and encourage personal reflection in this challenging season. And here's a question to. To you, was there a time when you were lost, and someone came to find you and rescue you—a parent, a friend, a police officer, a pastor? Share with your community group, or talk with your roommates or spouses, or call a friend. If you think this would be helpful to friends or family, please share this with them and encourage them to subscribe. Links to subscribe can be found. At newcitycc.org/social, find more resources related to Marginalia's daily readings and prayers podcast by following us on Instagram at New City Cincinnati or Facebook at New City Cincy. Let me close in prayer. Lord Jesus, you are alive and you have ascended to the right hand of God the Father. The grave cannot contain you. And you are calling for your disciples, searching for them, and changing their lives through your Holy Spirit. We pray that you will meet us where we are in our sickness, in our loneliness, in our fear. There are whole industries in this nation devastated by this virus, and we hope that you will meet with those in need, those who live paycheck to paycheck. Meet with us as we cower in the dark, and bring us light. We pray in your powerful name. Amen. Thanks for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Talk to you tomorrow.